You are listening to the Enormo Cast. So what's your tired excuse for not wearing a helmet? Too heavy? Not anymore. Too hot? You literally wear a beanie in your sweltering climbing gym, bro. Too dumb looking? Well, you might have me there. But you know what else is dumb looking? A cracked skull. Yes, 25 years ago, all those excuses might have had legs. But Black Diamond's modern helmets shut them all down. The new redesigned half dome is durable, lightweight, lower profile, and sports an improved chin strap and better headlamp clips. It's just a great modern climbing helmet. And it comes at a price point one-tenth of one percent of your average ER visit. But listen, we here at the Enormacast really just want you to consider getting your freaking brain wrapped in a helmet. And while we'd love for you to support Black Diamond, end up in a half dome, or the racier Vector or Vapor, frankly, there's a lot of great lightweight helmets out there, and it's time to reconsider your prejudices for the old brain bucket. So support the Enormacast by checking out Black Diamond's redesigned Half Dome and all their helmets at blackdiamondequipment.com or your favorite local shop. But if you don't find what you like there, look around and get your brain behind some foam and plastic before it's too late. Are you stuck in the partner zone where that person you climb with is blithely unaware of your electric longing that's telegraphing through that stiff gym rope? Does she think of you as just another dude she schools in the bouldering cave? Does he tell his friends you're just like one of the guys? Well, break out of the partner zone and let that person know that your rock is in a hard place with a special gift from PeterWGilroy.com. Because if you thought making sure her chalk bag was always full or buying him a set of cams for his half birthday would bring out the passion, you're wrong. Do it the right way and go to PeterWGilroy.com for rock-inspired jewelry and accessories that say, to me, you're more than just a solid belay, baby. And of course, remember to enter Enormo at checkout for a discount. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the uh, Enormo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. Out. I'll say, we really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is August 30th, about 10 o'clock here in Colorado, and this is episode 182 of the Enormacast, a conversation with young trad and sport climber Molly Mitchell. So yeah, it's August 30th, which means that summer is winding down and that overused pun is on everybody's lips. September. But you know what? September is a bit of a casualty of climate change. The last few Septembers I remember have been just as hot as the rest of the summer. And in fact, projected here, at least in Carbondale, on Sunday the 1st, is going to be 91 degrees, which is one of the hotter days of the entire summer. So I don't know what's going to happen later in the month, but maybe that pun needs a reboot of some type. Go to Canada. I bet you it's going to be cool in Canada in September. And they use Celsius. So who even knows what the temperature is? Now, Rocktober. That's a pun we can all get behind, right? Am I right? Rocktober. We are an imaginative bunch, aren't we, climbers? Before we get to the interview, I do want to mention that I have a shop, an online shop, over at enormacast.com that sells T-shirts and hats Hats are custom design, custom Enormacast design by Peter Gilroy. Very cool, very titanium. 
And the shirts are designed by a buddy from high school, way back from high school. And they're printed in a shop in Boise, Idaho, that belongs to the family of Tracy Wilson, who's been on the show. I think she was on a listener mail show, as well as one of the more famous early shows, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Go back and check that one out. Pre-Me Too, that one. But it prefaced Me Too movement a little bit. Anyhow, check those out, and uh, if you want to support the Norma cast, go get a shirt or a hat. And remember, stickers, we don't sell stickers. Stickers are always free. So if you want a sticker, just send your address to chris at enormacast.com with your address in the email, hopefully printed as it would be on the envelope, especially if you are sending that from overseas where the addresses are not parsed out the same way they are here in the United States. I have no idea. So yeah, put them in there the way they should be on the envelope. That makes my life easier because I can cut and paste. If that seems like a pain or nitpicky, then remember, you're getting free stickers. Do what I ask. Okay, on to the interview with Molly Mitchell. I met Molly Mitchell a couple years ago, and even on my first impression, was sort of captivated by her enthusiasm. We'll call it enthusiasm. You'll hear it in the uh, the interview. And since that time, she's sort of emerged as this really crack- trad climber and sport climber, as well as emerging as a professional climber in just the last couple of years. I know she's been around for a bit, but really come on strong in the last couple of years. And I don't have too much to tell you that's not in the interview, except that she sort of mentions a little bit of a project in the interview that she doesn't name, but it turned out that she was working on China Doll, a famous hard climb in Boulder Canyon that was led on bolts and then was led without the bolts, and now people can do either one. It was uh, one of those climbs that got led with gear but didn't get chopped, which in a lot of ways is the right way to do things. Now you have a choice. So she led it as a sport climb, and then she recently sent it as a trad climb as well. And the rating is kind of hard to pin down. I couldn't actually figure it out. 13 plus, maybe 14A. Um, I don't know what she called it, but it's also got an R rating. And uh, some pretty hard climbing above really small gear. So awesome job and another feather in Molly Mitchell's trad climbing hat, which is actually quite majestic when you see her in it, let me tell you. And last but not least, Molly wanted me to mention that she's going to be at the facelift, the Yosemite facelift at the end of September presenting one night. She wasn't certain which night it is, but if you end up up there, uh, go check out what Molly's got to say. And now let's find out what she has to say on the EnormaCast. I've been obsessing with the name Otaki since Sportiva released the slick blue shoe a couple years ago. Rhymes with Suvlaki. In Japanese, it apparently means cascade. And there's an old Maori town in New Zealand called Otaki. What exactly are you up to, Sportiva? So in the spirit of etymological adventure... I started climbing in them despite my unsavory fetish for the crest of a slightly worn pair of Miras. Mm. And I gotta say, for sport climbing and really techie trad, I'm sold. I'm also sold on the name of the only color choice, Blue Flame. Cha-cha! But mostly, I smile at the comfort-to-performance ratio. Like any tightly fit shoe, a pair of otakes are not exactly a lavender bubble bath, but of course with Sportiva's dedication to the craft, the otakis slide on without any annoying stitch bumps and hot spots and remain tight where it matters. So if you want performance, perfect fit, and a shoe that rhymes with savory skewered meats, check out the otaki at sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. Kali oh, That's a cool hat. Thanks. You want one? I'll send you one. Yeah? Okay. What the heck? Uh, remind me when we get done because there's some choices. Ooh, how much so. is a hat? Um, well, I sell them for that one for 45 bucks. Because this is titanium. That's... There's titanium on that hat? Yeah. Check it out. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that'll stop a bullet. I mean. Oh, so it's like protective. Shot from an angle. A low caliber. <laughs> yeah. Shot from an angle. So It's really like a helmet. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit like a helmet. Anyway, I'll put you on the list. Sick. So. Thanks. So, yeah. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, when we met. Which you mm-hmm. you didn't remember, um, but <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you didn't remember all the circumstances, but I think it was last. Gosh, it was it last? No, it was two October's ago. 
actually. Was it 2017? Um, yes, because it was something of a, um, it was sort of a mixed bag trip for me because, um, our friend Hayden Kennedy had just died. Oh, right. And this was supposed to be kind of like a trip. It wasn't, it was a couple months afterwards and like to try to kind of go out and have some fun and like, you know, it had been this idea of like, let's get together and we'll go out and we'll remember and we'll go climb. And, we'll, and so it was like kind of a weird mixed bag trip for us um, mm-hmm. because of what I personally wasn't ready to go out and have a whole bunch of fun. Um, but it was an okay trip. We, we went climbing down in, in St. George. But one of the things that we really wanted to do because of who he is was uh, was meet up with Bill Ramsey down in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And and not, you know, just, just to sort of absorb whatever bill ramsey puts out i thought would be uh good for us so we we went out and we were uh we, where were we, we at the yard house at the yard house <laughs> and uh and you were there as well yes yeah bill i think just i rent a rented a room from bill so uh-huh. he asked me if i wanted to join yeah yeah and you showed up and i remember having a really good time and yeah. it was like a, uh, it was just a fun part of that trip that had like ups and downs in it and uh and and because of bill he's always great to hang out with and because of you and we were like wow and we left and we were just like yeah man that she was awesome that was really fun and and uh it was my friend simon and steve dilk and and uh yeah so i just wanted to pay you that compliment of having had like uh just a really nice time that night. Oh, thanks. Like, that means so much. In a trip where we, like I said, it had it up, had its ups and downs. Right. Like, you know, we were like hell bent on having fun. And when you're like trying too hard to have fun, it like doesn't always work. Was you it know? you guys that said that you went out in Mesquite? Yeah, yeah, we went out. Yes. Oh my gosh, I do remember this. I I wasn't there. <laughs> I didn't. I I bailed before they went to. Uh, uh, Club Envy. Yes, in Mesquite. I remember this. Yes, the 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 hot hot nightclub. <laughs> and they were there like on a Wednesday night or something too. It was like midweek, I think. It wasn't even necessarily a weekend. So that's so funny. Yeah, yeah I can't really imagine going out in Mesquite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I I had bailed. It was late night, and and they were insistent on going to Club Envy, and I was <laughs> like, no, you guys have a good time. Aww. I I felt I had aged out a little bit. Um, yeah. Although they went with my friend Jeff, who's actually older than me. So yeah, I feel like Mesquite. Like I don't really know that there's an age limit. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel I mean, like it's like a lot of older people that live there. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know who goes to this club. Yeah. Like it's I don't know. literally a club, like you know, DJ kind of thing. So anyway, that's um, hilarious. And, and we were staying in an old folks' home. Literally. Wait, while you were in Mesquite. Yeah, like this old folks' home that kind of rents rooms as well. Because we then went out for a late night shuffleboard tourney and got. Oh like, my God. Of course you went to shuffleboard. <laughs> and it was like we were getting yelled at because we were all being too loud by, by the residents at this old folks' home. Oh so. my gosh. Anyway, so that was all part of our trip. I wanted to frame this. Let's get, let's get to you. <laughs> Everybody's used to this on the normal cast, though. It's like I just talk about myself for a little while. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to pay you that compliment because. Uh, I think it's like, uh, I mean, when I look at your media and I, and, and I look at what you're doing, like that's a big part of it is just like a really positive demeanor in Thanks. terms of what you put out in the world. Is that something that you're aware of? And is it, is it conscious? Just like always trying to be positive? Yeah. And just, just like, you know, you can have different as you, you know, get into being a professional climber, you can have different kind of vibe i mean some are serious and like you know we have tested ourselves against the mountains again and survived and you know there's all we sorts of different tested yeah, ourselves. yeah and you know yours is that and, and, i mean it's just your personality it would appear thanks yeah i um i try to be really authentic with my social media okay um but i do like a lot of the times maybe because i struggle with anxiety but i try to like laugh things off a lot Mm-hmm. So I do try to put out things that make people laugh mm-hmm. or just like, yeah, just honestly me. <laughs> right. Um, I guess it probably comes off as being positive, though. But I do just try to I share my struggles as well. So uh-huh. try to balance it out. Yeah, well, we'll get to we'll get to that in, in just a minute. You know, you just mentioned anxiety, which has come up on the podcast um, several times. So we'll, we'll go into that in just a moment. Um, the one thing about the period in time and again, this 2017 late in the year is you know we met you at that point it was just like oh this this gal that lives with bill is a good climber and you know and then it seems like you kind of put the hammer down 
after that. <laughs> what do you mean, like with my climbing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you. I kind of had heard your name because of the trad climbing, mm, um, yeah. a little bit. But if if you, I mean, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But in terms of my paying attention to you or having you on. Uh, the purview climber chica formerly <laughs> formerly formerly Chi- known as climber chica. chica on instagram <laughs> uh, but i mean it just feels like you know it's like you've got this edelrid sponsorship mm-hmm. you know in these uh, moved to boulder and started coaching in a very serious way mm-hmm. um so yeah was that am i wrong is that was it just natural or did you just like i'm gonna put the hammer down and, and th- it's time for me to check this out and, and yeah like really devote myself to this craft or this thing that I love so much. I am. Um, I actually, it's funny. I actually lived in Boulder before I lived in Vegas. Okay. Um, I went to school at CU <clears throat> from 2011 to 2015. And then I started coaching at ABC after I graduated. And that's when I got into trad climbing as well. Mm-hmm. And then, and I guess that's when I like started to like, not like make a name, but like become more well known just mm-hmm. for like my trad success. Um, but then after that, I decided to move to Vegas and focus on sport climbing. And I also coached there as well. Yeah, I guess like after I met you too, like it was kind of like I was in the spot, like I had just like focused on sport climbing for a while. And I was kind of like, what am I going to do? And like throughout the next like six months, I guess I was trying to figure out where my next direction was. And I got the opportunity to come back to Boulder and coach there at ABC again and took it. And um, it kind of just like, opened up a little bit more for me with like being able to go back to trad climbing because I had done a lot of trad in the Boulder area and like sport climbing and I um, became friends with Sasha and we went on this trip to Mexico and did a big wall together so and I've been doing a bunch of events for Adidas and Edelred as well so it just kind of opened up all these opportunities and doors I didn't know would be opened by Mm -hmm. moving back to Boulder okay yeah yeah Yeah, so I guess it just coincided yeah um, with with moving back to Boulder and and the opportunities um I mean what was your what was sort of the outcome of your stay in Vegas? The outcome? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what did you pick up there? <laughs> what did I learn there? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel like I learned so much about myself in Vegas. Okay. Um, I felt like like I did have this early success with trad climbing in Boulder, but I always like kind of doubted my abilities in sport climbing. I don't know, like, because it's just so physical, and I think that like uh, along with the anxiety, like why I had so much success in trad is because I was like learning how to deal with my anxiety at the same time as I was learning how to trad climb. And a lot of the like same strategies that I would use to deal with my anxiety, I would use while I was trad climbing, like kind of how you have to like place a piece and like move on and you can't really worry about it. It was like all these things I was like learning about how to deal with my anxiety as well. And like my thoughts and my feelings. Um, so I feel like that, like I just really succeeded at the mental aspect of trad. Mm hmm. But I always have doubted my physical abilities. And like, so that's why I was like, when I moved to Vegas, I was like, oh, I really like just need to like train and try to figure out how to become like a better climber in general. Um, And that's when like I started training with Bill and I actually ended up renting a room from him in Vegas. And he has like this awesome training garage. And he taught me just kind of like the the um, power behind like hard work and Mm -hmm. like that hard work leads to success. And so, like, we do, like, 12-hour training days and stuff together. And it was, like, the most rewarding thing. And that's where I found, like, my real passion for training. And that led to, like, this enormous passion for coaching, too, because I got to, like, pass on my knowledge to the kids. So it kind of just all, like, linked together in that way. And I feel like I really learned how to push my physical limits in Vegas. Um, So I think now, like, coming back, I feel like I, like, kind of have like a great understanding of how to combine the both of them Mm -hmm. so now going forward like i'm excited to see what happens in my my climbing my trad climbing sport climbing yeah so when you (laughs) went to vegas was that on your mind like i'm gonna go to this sport climbing kind of mecca and uh and and see what happens and actually you, you lucked into hanging out with bill yeah i actually was like thinking i would continue a trad but like i don't know i think that like when you focus like for me when i focus on trad for a bit i had some early success i feel like i kind of got like a little bit of an ego which i feel like every like professional climber will admit that they get that at some point mm-hmm. my hardest climbing was my trad climbing like i haven't hadn't even done i think i had done like a 13b trad route and like i hadn't even done like a 13b sport route mm-hmm. and so i was like i should probably try and like even out my climbing and be like a good well-rounded climber sure so that's when uh and like when i started training with bill that just kind of got me more psyched because i could see like the differences b- from training and from just like putting your head down and working hard and uh that's when i just got more excited to like project harder sport routes cool yeah well i mean 
It, it, it's cool because, uh, I mean, I, I have never trained or gotten any training advice from Bill, but the, I just feel like every time I talk to him, I, I learn something from the guy. You yeah, know, totally. Like just, just in life and whatever. Just he like knows the motivation about. too. Yeah, like he's sure. just so motivated, and like he kind of taught me too. Like we would train before going climbing outside. We'd go climbing outside, and then we'd hit the gym after. And right. It was like it was like wow, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like this is like intense, but I think that I need that kind of like intensity. Right. Um. To feel like I am putting in enough to like deserve the outcome. You know. Okay. Cool. We just blew by a whole bunch of stuff. I know. <laughs> which is cool. I'm gonna. We're gonna circle back now. Um. But let's go to the track climbing. Cool. Um. And how? Wh- where did you grow up? I grew up in Atlanta. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I and, moved to and, Boulder because uh, I went to school at CU. Okay. And is yeah. that when you you this this part of uh, climbing took off, or were you climbing down in the south too? I was climbing in the south, um, and I was like more interested in uh, competitions and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sport climbing outside. But when I moved to Boulder, like I really did think that I would get into competition climbing. But um, when I was twenty, I actually developed this viral thyroid disease. It's called thyroiditis, and it left me just feeling like really awful all the time. Just like felt super tired, super lethargic. Like I had like this thing where my heart would just like race, and I'd get palpitations. And like uh, feel lightheaded, and so like training and stuff like that just felt so awful. I was training with um, Robin Herbsfield Rabatu at the time at ABC, and there were so many training sessions where I would just like break down crying because things that used to feel easy just felt so hard. And competition and like gym climbing really just didn't make me feel that awesome about myself. Um, I was like constantly comparing myself to others and like seeing myself just not do as well, especially from being sick. Supposed to just keep doing it anyway. It yeah, like five right? years until you're until super you're like, miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you give up climbing altogether. <laughs> then you just give up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's when like, I guess like uh, shortly after that, I graduated and I got the opportunity to learn to trad climb and I just kind of needed something new in my life that right, like, so I had no expectation. What does that look like? You got the opportunity to learn how to trad climb. Oh, yeah. Climb. Yeah. Um, well, there are some guides at ABC. Um, okay. Ryan Arment is one of them. And they decided to, or they just offered, I mm-hmm. guess, to like take me trad climbing and, and teach me how to, how to place gear. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> so, uh, I just went out with them a few times and my first trad lead was up at, um, Rincon Wall in El Dorado Canyon. It's this route called Center Route. Mm-hmm. It's a 511 and it was really exhilarating. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then after that, I, um, well, I, I mean, the, before we go on, but like, you know, the, the Eldo trad, is is you know core track climbing you know we're talking about yeah uh it's not any creek you know you're 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 having to look for gear you know yeah you and like use the all different types specific. of gear. Yeah, yeah very specific small nuts mm-hmm. you know all, all sorts of stuff so i mean they gave me gear beta for it, it as far yeah. as that's concerned it's a good place to learn how to track climb. totally yeah. yeah i mean i uh i think that i was blessed with having them as my uh, mentors because mm-hmm. they kind of were just like Oh yeah, you'll be fine on this five eleven. Like, go for it. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Like, sometimes I tell people that, and they're like, five eleven was your first like trad climb," and I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I <Yeah>. Guess so." <laughs> just the power of that. Yeah. What What was the appeal? I think that I just like wanted something new that I had no expectations right, right. with. Um, along with the thyroid disease, like my anxiety really kicked in then, and that's when I found out that I had an anxiety disorder. Just mm-hmm. because I would just put these expectations on myself. And like I'd go in the gym and kind of be just like waiting for something bad to happen so I could consider it like a bad day. Um, Because like when you feel awful all the time, you're like always judging how you feel based on little things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just got me in this really negative mind, like headspace. So I don't know. um, I think that finding something like trad climbing, it was like this whole adventure that didn't really feel like I had to put pressure on myself. Right. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit further. This is just like an onion we're dealing with. Peeling here. the layers. You're just like firing through all Sorry. this stuff. I'm like, no, ah. it's, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's what we do here. Um, so, what kind of kid were you? I mean, we're, we're, if you're talking about find, you know, realizing you had an anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something you you'd had. You just I just didn't thought know. it was normal life. Yeah, what everybody was thinking around you, kind yeah. of a thing. And I think you know, like if you look back, like ten years ago, even like mental health awareness wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as openly talked about even just 10 years ago. 
it's kind of crazy how much like nowadays like it is like people are breaking the stigma of it right um but yeah i uh i actually grew up in fort worth texas and then when i was 12 i moved to atlanta and that was really difficult for me i was in the middle of seventh grade and especially like as a girl, like it was just like, I went from being in this small private school with um, not that many kids in it and everyone knew me to this like massive public school where like the girls were really mean to me and I just didn't fit in. And that's, I think when like my anxiety started to kick in a lot. Um, I also have a bad habit of pulling my hair out and that's when that started as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, right. We're talking about pre-diagnosable on that spectrum anxiety type stuff <laughs> yeah right yeah so i mean what what was your performance in high school like or what were you into in high school um i so before i moved to atlanta i was into gymnastics and okay. when i moved there i like wanted to get into cheerleading and that didn't go so great <laughs> so i yeah, decided, well if you're looking for mean girls yeah exactly <laughs> like I that mean, was like the worst thing ever <laughs> the um, movies the cliche movies are you know the stereotypes are there for kind of a reason that's no exactly yeah, and in like, a big public school yeah the new girl uh, trying exactly. to be a cheerleader yeah and like i felt like when I, where i was at as a kid like i felt like a kid when i was in texas and then when i moved to atlanta i felt like all these girls were like trying to be cool and talking about boys and i felt like i had to grow up really fast right so it's hard but um i got into track for a little bit in high school but i really didn't like it when i was young when i was like nine years old my dad had taken me to yosemite for just like an outdoor adventure trip and i tried top roping there and I loved it. And there wasn't a gym near our house in Fort Worth. And there wasn't even a climbing gym near our house in Atlanta. So when I was um, maybe 16, I was like done with track. I was like, I want to do something else. And I had just recently gotten my driver's license. And I was like, I want to join this climbing gym. I know it's far away, but it was like an hour. I'll drive myself on the weekends. And so my parents agreed to that. As time went on, I like convinced him to let me go like every day during the week after school. So <laughs> nice. That's how I got into climbing. <laughs> well, that's that's a new version of a story I've heard a lot of within climbing. Even you know in the seventies or whatever, guests have always talked about how that that driver's license was this like passport to yeah. to like the next wave. I mean, and and that's the case for all sorts of things in life. I mean, in terms of being a teenager, getting that mm. thing, you know, a lot of times it's it's for a lot of kids it's like oh i get to go to more parties different parties in different towns but the climbers always talk about how like boom i was free to go and do what i wanted to do and here's this twist where it was like i'm gonna go to a climbing gym that's an hour away and gonna make my life centered around that and it's cool because my parents were like they're not they first of all like climbing wasn't like something that they understood as a sport Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like it's only recently become so much more widely accepted Right, and it's not like you're already in Boulder. Right, Right. and like it was an hour away. I mean, Atlanta's so bad with traffic. They're like, we're not going to drop you off after school at a climbing gym, you know? Right. So, um, but... And what was the scene? I mean, you know, what was this? You just gone to this giant high school feeling out of place, lost, mean people... Uh, what was the what was the scene at the gym like? Was it part 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 of why you were so drawn to it? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I felt like a little bit more accepted there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely still had a lot of insecurities from just like not really feeling like I fit in a lot of my life up until that point. But um, I definitely made a lot more friends that way, and I kind of just started associating myself more with the people from the gym than my high school friends right um and like everyone in my high school thought i was so weird for going rock climbing (laughs) so it was like whatever right was that empowering or was it was it did it feed your feed your anxiety Mm, it was a little bit of both i feel like it depended on like how i looked at it i feel like because uh definitely like i think i missed out on some things with growing with the high school kids but at the same time i felt like really cool because like i loved climbing and i felt like well you guys should be jealous because this is really awesome that i get Mm -hmm. to go do this outside on the weekends and stuff yeah i mean the reason i asked that is because i think a lot of people do feel that they feel like oh you know i get to i'm like this secret agent that goes and yeah, does this rad stuff exactly that yeah you have no idea about i started like for senior year i set my schedule so i would go in early and uh get out early so that i could like beat traffic and get to the gym earlier so, right on yeah <laughs> just all about that gym 
I know. I don't know why. No, it's. I'm, I know why. That you're telling us why. I, mean, I know. It, yeah. It and there's no like. Place. There's no like climbing outside in Atlanta. Yeah. So when we'd go climbing outside, we'd yeah. go to like Chattanooga or like um, Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so. busting on it. It, yeah. it was a refuge and climbing. Again, this all is about a, that gym. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's this it, it again. This it's this twist on a story that I hear all the time. Climbing becomes this refuge from something, mm-hmm. and and you know the normal thing that you're supposed to do. In this case, as a teenager, some cases as an adult, go get a job, all that sort of stuff. It becomes this avenue where you've escaped that to a yeah. certain extent, and and obviously to you, whether it was empowering at first, it became very empowering mm-hmm. over time. I mean, to, to create a life path that you're on at this moment. Yeah. I mean, I get messages from people from high school all the time, like that are like, oh, like, I really want to get into climbing. Do you have any tips? And like, so like, you're just like, go like, to so, the gym. Yeah. Or just, yeah, go, <laughs> go to the gym. Uh, now they're like, or they're just like, so like, oh, I'm like so impressed by what you're doing right. or whatever. It's cool. It's, it's awesome. Um, it's nice to feel like uh, that you know, that it inspires other people. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so directly. Yeah. 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 Cause like we're friends on Facebook from like high school and mm-hmm. I'll just get like Facebook messages. I'm like, wait, who is this person? No, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, they, you, they're, if you're not friends with them, they go into that other place too. You have to go look for the requests. Yeah. 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 So oh, the don't Facebook look requests. in there. Don't yeah. look in there. <laughs> so many of those pending that yeah. I'm just like I don't know <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> yeah. um, her apologies if you're listening right now yeah. she just doesn't Sorry. have time to get to them she'll get to them <laughs> um, so you mentioned for a moment and I want to because we're, we're we're talking about this kind of creation of you as a more confident person the track climbing having this weird and I say weird because it, it, it's a little bit counterintuitive to think that uh, you're going to help your anxiety by mm-hmm. going out and getting you know putting yourself in these maybe possibly anxious, anxious scary scary situations yeah. so can you explain that a little bit how that chemistry worked um between yeah. the two things so i started seeing a psychiatrist for my anxiety and uh he um took me through this therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy mm-hmm. or act for short and in it basically you try to learn how to defuse from thoughts like, even if they're true or not, just try to be able to, like, unattach from them and also learn how to, like, deal with uncomfortable feelings and, like, make room for them and try to be able to basically, like, know that the only thing you can directly control is your behavior. And so as I was practicing these kind of things in everyday life, I kind of realized with trad climbing that that was when it became the most intense and, like, real, if that makes sense. Um, I felt like that was like the biggest test of if I could do it or not, you know? Yeah. You have so many thoughts when you're like run out above gear or something that maybe is like not okay. Or like, you're not sure about the placement. Um, so many thoughts going through your mind and like, you feel like really scared, but to be able to like, still like make moves and like control your behavior. Um, and like basically act upon like what you value as opposed to like what's going on in your head or how you're feeling is like something that I think is really special. Um, so it was kind of just like this really intense version of my therapy. I felt like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it it's a, a version therapy of sorts, like do it in the hardest possible situation yeah. and everywhere else. It, it's going to maybe feel easier or just like the most real. Yeah. yeah. Because like, uh, I feel like when I am in those situations, like I still have all those thoughts, but it's like, I'm never able to like completely detach from them in real life as much as I am in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My thoughts bother me more when I'm like at home in my room right. than when they do when I'm in a real scary situation right. climbing. It's like do or die kind yeah. of situ- yeah, like I mean, mindset. Yeah. 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 May, I mean, I don't know how, how uh, R-rated you get in your, right. in no, your climbing. I mean, but not all of them. Like, yeah. I mean, there were just some scary ascents yeah, for sure. Right. Like, uh, but definitely... Like I've done some like R and I've done an X-rated route as well. But like, I, I mean, I feel like you can apply it to all kinds of climbing. Cause right. like, uh, like learning how to take that from just those specific scary situations to sport climbing was, was kind of a cool thing too, because it wasn't really as much about fear of like falling and hurting myself, but it was more about just like fear of failure. Right. So or, or, or like your body's telling you you're tired and you're too you're weak. You're tired. And- yeah. And you didn't train enough. And yeah, not, and you're exactly. Not, yeah, right. Or like learning how to like basically like perform when things don't feel 
100% right. Mm-hmm. It's like learning how to try hard in those situations was like a really big breakthrough for me. And like that really relates to everything else in my life, I feel like, too. Like being able to like keep going even when, when like my mind is like telling me I can't. So. I mean, it's it's wild because you're through this psychologist. It's like you walked in the back door to the Rock Warriors way. Yeah, uh, totally right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it sounds like a lot like versions of what Arno talks about. Yeah, yeah, I've actually yeah, I've always I've never actually met him, but I I would love to. If you're listening, I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> you're, he's here. I'll see. If, <laughs> Sweet. I'm sure he's here. I'll yeah, see. Yeah, because I feel around. like that totally is um, what he's all about. Yeah. Too. I mean, the, the detachment, the idea of like convincing yourself these thoughts aren't real. This one is like. Yeah. And deciphering between. You well, know, and I think those that's what's cool things. is like yeah. I, I liked how it wasn't like basically like just trying to be like, oh, just be positive all the time. Because like, <laughs> like, I just feel like that doesn't work for that's me because it's bullshit. It's just not real. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I feel like it's awesome to, like, try to be able to detach from thoughts, even if they're true, even if they're, like, negative, even if they're positive, mm-hmm. or even if they're false, like, whatever. Like, just trying to be able to actually act upon your values as opposed to anything going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Are you taking notes? For myself? Yeah. I mean, in, in, <laughs> I mean, in, in all honesty, like, what I just said about walking in the back door to the, the Rock Warriors way, it, I don't know. It sounds like you could be creating your own sort of uh climbing Thanks. specific philosophy i mean over time you yeah know, as it works for you I'm, I'm sure there's listeners going like oh man that could work for me yeah you know what i mean thanks i try to relate it to like i came up with this analogy a while ago where like you know like when you're at the crag and it's a really busy day mm-hmm. there's like a lot of chatter and stuff and like people are talking and you're like maybe trying to red point your route it's like you're not gonna like stop mid crux and like talk with them you know right. and, like engage in the conversation but you're also not going to like stop mid-crux and be like, hey, shut up, you know? Right. <laughs> that doesn't do any good for you. Uh, it's happened so, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been told to shut up. But anyway, go ahead. But like it doesn't do anything good for <laughs> right, you, right, right. you know? So like I try and like relate those voices to people talking as your thoughts. Okay. And it's like you're not going to like try and like engage with those thoughts in that moment because it doesn't do anything for you to engage with them. But it also doesn't do any good for you to try to fight them away. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the like pink elephant thing. Like don't think about a pink elephant. You're going to think about a pink elephant. Trying to fight it and, and tell it to go away is like almost worse. Right. Um than like even engaging in it um and so like i just think like it's important to try to learn how to like let them fade into the background uh-huh. like your thoughts in your yeah. head yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome Thanks. i mean the, I mean, it's just again you, you have sort of overt methods to do this or you're working on them because i think probably a lot of people are armed with with the ability to do that to begin with do mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and 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 if, if you look at the spectrum of all these climbers in the world, you know, we can probably point to some certain certain individuals that clearly have the ability to just like put them so far into the background that they're they're like that, they don't yeah. exist. But that's not normal, right? Yeah. yeah. So everybody's think, on a spectrum, is what I'm getting at with totally the ability to do that. Yeah, I think so too. And like, I think for me, like, I have to practice it. Even mm-hmm. if I don't, right. then it's hard to just like whip it out. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure all of us could benefit from practicing it. Yeah. a little bit more um, in, in our climbing. And again, what you just while, while you were talking about the track climbing, I had already predicted the the sport climbing end of it because mm-hmm. that's, you know, the try hard thing for me is tricky. Mm-hmm. This idea that, okay, I'm, I'm weak and everything's telling me to let go. Yeah. And it's hard to not just listen to those thoughts because... Just like fight through it. Yeah, just like, fight through it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I like that word, like the fight word, mm-hmm. because I feel like it is. It's like you're fighting through like all this stuff going on, not just like in front of you and physically, but like in your head. Too. Right, right. And it's like that's like so empowering, though, when you have those moments, like not even if you like send, but if mm-hmm. you have those moments where you're just like completely present and you're fighting. I mm-hmm. think that's like the most empowering thing for me in climbing. Well, so I just thought of, of a bit of a segue to your coaching end of things. And you'll have to explain not just to me, but to everybody who doesn't live in boulder what abc is but we'll get that get to that in a second i mean you're obviously coaching youth right Mm -hmm. and young girls in i'm going to say specifically to girls because that's your experience obviously um is this something you bring to to them in 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 your coaching this uh not only these methods but also maybe the vulnerability of of saying like hey look at me i'm not always you know, on top of my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Is that something that you bring in? I definitely think so. Especially like I was really close with some of the kids that I coached in Vegas 
too. And um, just seeing them go through some ups and downs, it definitely, I think, helps to bring in like, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I still like try hard when I like mess up too. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that like being able to show them that like, you know, I, I spend hours in the gym training for this. Like I put in that work. Like I think it helps. Right. Um, and I think that like, yeah, like trying to relay some of the mental stuff is kind of hard with kids too. They've inspired me because most kids I feel like have just this like really open mind mm-hmm. and like they're really curious and like they'll try something over and over again, even if they're failing without feeling like they can't do it. Yeah, you they know? don't bring the baggage. They don't yeah, have any totally. baggage yet. So I feel like that almost helps me in like right. this like selfish way. I'm like, yeah, like watch them. They're just going to keep right. trying it. Like I should just do that too. Right. They don't feel bad. <laughs> I feel like I've learned from them. And right. Everything. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, you know, I, I, it probably depends on the age. Yeah. Uh, I think as you get into like extent. the mid teens, right. like they definitely have some mental stuff. But usually like if you just like help them be patient through yeah. it, then it, it's good. Yep. Puberty is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And I think that making sure that they're always having fun, too, Mm -hmm. is really important with kids. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of like striking that balance. When you talked about about Bill, you know, teaching you the the power of hard work. When I think about youth climbing, you know, and comparing it to gymnastics, like you were in a gymnastics. and, And I see, like, the kind of dark side of, like, the professional gymnastics world. Oh, yeah. You know, and I and I'm always wondering, like, are these coaches, like, helping these kids strike a balance before they get to where you were where like after a workout you're crying yeah you know what i mean like are you are you thinking about that at all with with the way you're approaching some of this stuff or yeah just, definitely. you just watch out for and the kids everyone that are at, everyone at abc is really on it with that like i think like robin really like drills into us that like it's really important for them to always have fun most importantly of everything and yeah like if they're not having fun they're going to get burnout Mm -hmm. you know but i also think that it's good to yeah i think it's good to be able to relay some of the mental stuff that i've learned i'd like to do it more uh with kids too like it's important to keep them Mm open-minded yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean you have a lot to learn still yeah totally this is only a few years yeah, I'm, I'm still always learning about like how to deal with my anxiety. Still. Right. So tell us what the ABC is, please. We've referred to it a bunch. Oh, okay. So ABC was started by Robin Herbsfield Rabbitou. And it's it started as a team out of the BRC. And now it's its own gym. And we... The coach- BRC being? Oh, the Boulder Rock Club. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We're just like, you know, this is worldwide. Yeah. So this is so, all Boulder lingo that if you lived in, on Pearl Street, we'd, we'd know what the hell was going on. So. ABC is a gym um, in Boulder where only kids are allowed. And that's pretty awesome because the, we coach kids from age two and a half to 18. So that's really awesome to see their development. Um, is there some sort of ceremony when they have to leave? Ceremony? When, they're, when they age out. <laughs> they graduated out, ABC. And yeah. you're just like, goodbye, never come back. <laughs> No, No, we always see all the the older kids coming back and training in the gym, which is cool. But yeah, it's so awesome to see like the age range from Mm -hmm. two and a half. Like I coach the two and a half year olds and I love it. It's so awesome to see them because every little thing is exciting Mm -hmm. and it just like brings it back to like the core of why climbing is so cool (laughs) to see them like go up halfway up an auto belay at two and a half years old. It's like, wow, that's like incredible. (laughs) You guys accept drop ins for classes. No. But we do have open gym, okay. so that allows like kids to come in on the weekends. Okay, so yeah, cool. you can pay like twelve bucks and All come right. in. And, I can and actually, leave. Sundays from twelve to six, we allow adults as well too. Oh, really? So if you wanted to check out ABC, I mean, honestly, like as an athlete, I feel like it's like the best training facility too. Mm-hmm. I rarely go to other. Well, I go to other gyms sometimes just to change it up, but most of the time I'm at ABC training. Okay. And um, so yeah, like I mean, even as an adult, I use all the same equipment, and it's it's really helpful. Um, there was something else. What were, what were we talking about before we were that? We talking about uh, the name ABC. Oh yeah, ABC. Kids. So America's best climbers. Or is that what it's called? Actually, it's agility, balance, and coordination. Okay, is what it's it means. So right. I think it's really cool because, like, yeah, a lot of the climbing stuff that we're teaching them is not just so that they can become really good climbers. I think it's really good to have body awareness and gain a lot more athleticism from it. So. Nice. Yeah. And to learn to just like be more confident in themselves. I feel like it really breeds confidence in young kids to be able to like do something on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to this idea that uh, at some point in the last couple of years, you sort of put the hammer down on your training and on what you wanted to be as a climber. 
let's talk let's do a little spray session and talk about spray? your well and just talk about your climbing <laughs> oh sick. um specifically um what you've been up to and and some of the goals that maybe you've achieved through the the stuff we've been talking about through mm-hmm. this this mental training through your physical training uh, moving back to boulder what's your climbing look like these days Right now, I'm projecting something in Boulder Canyon mm-hmm. that is a trad route, though it's pretty hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to get too specific with my projects. That's fine. No, I'm not talking about that. Let's talk about. Let's just talk about like what you've been up to. You mentioned oh, okay. you mentioned a trip down to uh, to, Mexico. to Mexico. Yeah. So in February, um, well, I moved back to Boulder in September of 2018, and I was doing a lot of events um, throughout the fall, um, like clinics and mm-hmm, stuff, which mm-hmm. was cool. But then uh, in February, um, Sasha DeJulian and I, she's a, also an Adidas athlete, um, we went to El Salto, Mexico, mm-hmm. and we went on a sport climbing trip there because we'd heard the sport climbing was so great. But we ended up actually doing a big wall there, um, and it was my first big wall. Right on. And um, it was like, I think it was 13 pitches, and it was a 13A, and um, Alex Honnold and Chris Widener had gotten the first ascent of it, like... I can't remember how long ago, 2000 something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was kind of cool. Like the rock down low was really chossy mm-hmm. on the route. So it was a little scary. But then like after that, the pitches got harder and the rock quality got better as you went higher. Um, and yeah, it was my first big wall. I was not prepared. I didn't even like have the right, like I was wearing my sport climbing harness and had to borrow helmets. And um, I, yeah, it was definitely a lot more suffering than right. I, ex- that I had ever experienced, but Sasha did great. She onsighted it. It was really cool to see. Nice. I struggled up it, but <laughs> it was still really fun. It was right a great on. experience. Right so. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, what, what, uh, I mean, what did you bring to the table in terms of, of the partnership? Mm, that's a good question. So like when we got to one of the harder pitches, it was this 12 D I decided to lead it and went up and took like a massive whip and lowered back down and um sasha and i talked and i told her that she should go for the lead and i'd top rope or follow and uh i followed and fell again and then she was like oh do you want to like lower back down and do Mm -hmm. it and i was like no like we were losing we were starting to lose a little light Mm -hmm. we still had like maybe three more pitches Mm -hmm. after that of like hard harder climbing and i was just like no like i think we should just like keep going and um so basically like after that like i just kind of like went into this mode of like support and i was just like she was like i don't know like we're gonna have to wrap through the night should we go down and i was like no like you can send this like you should totally go for the on-site and so she actually ended up doing the last pitch by headlamp um which was sick it was the crux pitch it was the hardest pitch i was just like pulling on gear to get up for the last couple pitches just like trying to get up there so that she could finish it right and it was this cool thing and like she also too like was totally there for me as a partner, like not judgmental and not Mm -hmm. like, because I didn't know anything. And she knew that going into it for her to be like 100% patient throughout the whole time. Because like, I really didn't know what I was doing, especially rope management. I think I short roped her a couple times. So like a big multi-pitch climb. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right. Like I like, I definitely short roped her because I'm like rope management. Like what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But she was just so patient and taught me so much. I don't use a Grigri on on multi-pitch for that very reason. Because, it, yeah, it's so easy to short That's rope. It's too hard. Yeah, yeah, you need three hands. Yeah. If the rope's not laying on the ground, if it's coiled over your lap or whatever, you need yeah. three hands. Yeah. yeah, no, all the belays were hanging. Man, yeah, I had totally. the most yeah. massive... Yeah, no, I stopped using Grigri on, on big roots like that. I had the most massive bruises on my hips after that right. because we were both wearing, like, the thinnest sport climbing harnesses. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> that's what we thought we were doing So you guys trip. didn't, like, spend night on it or anything like no, that? No, we, like... we spent 14 hours on the wall. Okay. But um, we when we got down, luckily, um, actually, Robin... Rabatu and DDA, mm-hmm. her husband, were in Mexico at the same time. Right. And DDA had dropped us off that morning. And then he actually came back to pick us up and like right. waited for like a couple hours at the base to drive us back. Thank God, because we were completely out of water. It was like a couple miles back to the campsite. And uh, yeah, it was like 1130 at night. So I was like, thank you, DDA. He right saved on. the day. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell because I was like big wall in my head's overnight. That oh, yeah. yeah so I guess, yeah. I just kind of, I, when I was reading about it, I'm like, there was things that like I'm like, well, why were they in such a hurry when they're just like maybe they go back to the portal edge or something? So right, anyway, no, yeah. just clearing that we up. We didn't I, even have head. a portal edge because right, right. it was it was we were on sport climbing. Yeah, it's trip. big route. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we were just like, we'll get this done. Um, we also had a photographer with us that didn't really know how to jug um, <laughs> that well, so it took a lot longer than we thought. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So, climbing so I guess, climbing yeah, at I, night is like uh, is very hip right now. It's very hot. 
yeah. climbing at night. So, yeah. yeah. Well, rappelling at night is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> Not kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's really probably ste- cli- rappelling anything steep is also terrifying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so. You get stuck in space. You're yeah. like, what do I do? Right. Yeah. 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 I guess, I mean, you could call it multi-pitch big right, roll. Right. I don't know. It was I, the biggest thing that I had ever climbed. And uh, yeah, I mean, the only other multi-pitches I've ever done were like two or three pitches. Right. So I was like, okay. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were trad climbing. It was like 450 meters. I don't know. You were very sort of. Uh, Single pitch. Yeah. yeah. And, and like project specific. Yeah. Kind of- and more like head pointy kind of stuff. Yeah, get it all sorted out. Sorted out yeah. and then like, oh, it's scary, but like, you know the gear. Right, right. And you just have to execute. Cool. Which I liked because it was mm-hmm. like, then it was really just a test of can you do this mentally. So did this thing in Mexico get you sort of stoked for future big yeah. routes? Yeah, I uh, definitely would like to do more. I definitely think it's like a lot of suffering and like... Um, yeah, but you could minimize it if you approached it if I approached a little more it appropriately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally but it was funny like i was talking with sasha after we got back down and i was like because we were talking about because she just did like three five fourteen big I mean, walls she should have better yeah I was, gonna, I was about to say that like she should have known better but i guess what? No, the, well just the harness and stuff but i guess the oh point no is, we didn't know we, were, yeah, we, we didn't know we were gonna do gotcha. yeah, yeah that like it wasn't any of our faults we just didn't she know. can't just call red bull and have them like <laughs> chop Dude, el salto mexico just like chop her it in oh my god you're crazy um but uh, one of their stunt planes drops. No, she it or so like last summer she did like three five paraglides big in walls. with it. I don't know. And uh, so I was like, well, how did you like like man like after like a day of this like how did you like ever want to do this again? No offense, <laughs> like you know you're so yeah. tired. She was like, yeah, like every time I would get back from like a day, it'd be like so exhausted like i'd be like oh i'm never doing that again right and then she'd be like oh i wake up the next day i'm like all right let's go for it yeah <laughs> it's just like funny how your mind like recovers You're no like, you have to have that <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah the suffering thing makes yeah. it go all go away for sure yeah totally yeah well you should get up on a in a portal ledge because that's even better yeah i actually like, have been on a portal edge before right. but i've never like i went up on a portal right. edge on like el cap but like never i haven't like done actually a route on there which would be yeah. cool to do though. but like waking up days out days and days into it just so exhausted and the yeah. first thing you do when you open your eyes is see like the next pitch that you need to climb that morning it's a definitely like <laughs> it's probably it's like it's so much endurance like yeah. mental endurance yeah it's pretty i think that's like the most hardcore. impressive stuff is like seeing when people like mentally and physically and emotionally can endure something like that mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely would like to get into it in the future right so yeah. nothing planned nothing planned maybe like something in yosemite though next summer right. i don't know nothing planned as of now yeah what about el gigante you ever heard of that thing no what's up Ah, look into it <laughs> It's a right. big, it's Homework. a big route down in uh, Chihuahua, ah. but way more remote than a place like El Salto. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of women have done it either. I don't know if that'd be sick. I can't. I can't. Don't get me. <laughs> I. I'm not. I, this is not like at my fingertips, but I can't think of any mm. that I know of mm. that's done a free ascent of uh, logical progression, which is the twenty-some pitch route on there, thirteen, thirteen something. Mm. It, it changes a little bit as the rock changes a little yeah. bit. But, uh, but yeah, look into that. That'd be pretty pretty awesome. It's probably not as sustained, but it's longer than, than the thing in El Salto. And it's way more like out in the wilds. Yeah. So. Um, that would be really cool. Yeah, put, I'd put be... that in your, in your noggin. I'll, put it, I'll lock it on in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give, um, I like to give uh, Sasha DeJulian, who I've never met, tons of advice on this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, the listeners will understand that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her to start trad climbing on like episode eight, like eight years ah. ago. Uh, and did she listen? I don't know. I mean, she trad climbs now. She does. There yeah. you go. So yeah. I don't know if she ever heard it, but it was on the Steph Davis episode, I believe. Oh, that's um, funny. Anyway, because I was wondering like where, who was going to like step into Steph's shoes. This was ah. eight, seven or eight years ago. Gotcha. Like, the next woman, super intent trad climber because you know steph's you know her 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 she's moved into all these flying and all this totally stuff. Yeah. So that was the 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 conjectures what about this <laughs> sasha and i didn't even know how to pronounce her last name person because eight or eight or nine years ago you know right yeah, yeah. so apparently she listened <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of looking back at yourself uh in seventh grade is that when you moved to atlanta mm-hmm. is that what you said and uh and and now you know therapy and and methods for for dealing with this you know what's your assessment of like your anxiety and and your self-image 
Mm. Um, I think like com- I, compare, like you know, give us an idea of where you're feeling about your 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 place. Well, I mean, anxiety. I feel like is something that you never like really overcome. Mm-hmm. So I still am like learning a lot about myself, but I also have this. Like I used to always just think of it as a negative, but I also think that like um, I don't think I would have gotten into trad climbing if I didn't have anxiety. And I also think that like part of my anxiety is I like obsess over things. And I think that using the like obsessive qualities of myself to focus on training right. and projects actually really has helped, um, especially with sport climbing, because that was kind of like how I related to Bill a little bit is because he can be very obsessive too. Like learning to channel those those thoughts into something like that felt like a strength, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I that's that's awesome. It's like. You know, the rest of us could use a little more obsessiveness sometimes when it comes to getting things. Done I definitely like overdo that. it sometimes. Right, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Try to like pack way too many things. Ha- have you day. had you had any trouble with injury? I mean, I it haven't. sounds like a little bit of a recipe. No, yeah, yeah. I've been really lucky, knock on wood, but I right. uh, I haven't really had any serious injuries. Last fall, I like sprained my MCL, but of course, I wasn't even climbing when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it lasted about Dancing? a couple months. Oh. No, I slipped on some ice and oh. just fell in a really awkward way. Right. Besides that, that only lasted like a couple months and then I've been fine. Um, I guess I'm blessed in that way right. <laughs> to not have had any finger injuries or anything. Are you pretty dedicated at this moment to, you know, seeking like a professional path with climbing? Yeah, totally. In the sort of footsteps of someone like Sasha? Yeah, 100 percent. She is a very close friend of mine and like super inspiring and very supportive Mm -hmm. person. And I definitely think that now that I have like all this experience with trad and sport, I think that right now I want to focus more on trad. Oh, you're back on the trad back on the trad regiment right now. Yeah. Just because like I just moved back to Boulder. And so I like did this route up at Rincon again, because like Rincon's like one of my favorite places ever since I started trad climbing called Frayed Line. Um and it just like got me really excited to trad climb again. It's like this uh, 13A and it's super thin and like a bit run out, a bit spicy. But um, like, and it was my first trad route in like years, but it totally got stoked to like do some more scary trad. So. I just thought of a, something else I wanted to ask you about. What, what are the, these guys that, uh, that brought you out and, and put you on, um, oh, cent- yeah. on center route? Yeah. What, what are the, I mean, you gotta be pretty impressive in their minds. Like, what's Aww. their thoughts on how 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 you've, you've become this like gnarly, kind of gnarly single pitch drag climber? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. You know, I mean, like, I climb with Ryan still. Yeah, I think they're like impressed and like proud, probably. Um, and I owe them a lot because they taught me how to like place gear and and everything. But that center route was like my first route. And then my second trad route was actually just to the left of center route. It's called the Evictor. Oh, man. Um, That was your second trad route. Yeah. And I took a massive whip on it. I bet. (laughs) But then Ryan and I went out the next day and sent it, which was cool. That's cool. Um, And it was really funny. I actually have a funny story with this one. I... uh, that's hold on a second before you tell your funny okay. story. Right. The evictor is like like I don't even know if I want to tell. That's definitely no, you do now. Okay. Okay. It's too late. <laughs> but the evictor is something that people work up to as a very big milestone kind of trad lead. So I just want to put. I'm not telling you that because you know that. I'm telling the listeners that because not everybody knows about Eldo. But it's definitely a feather in the cap type route that you kind of like. All right, let me let me get after that thing eventually. So uh, number two, this track <laughs> is pretty rad. Thanks. Yeah. So um, anyway, tell your funny story. Okay. So like I was really excited that I did the Evictor and like posted about it on uh, Facebook. And I um, had like maybe like a few months before that, I'd met Alex Honnold and we'd become friends. And uh, he like commented on my post about doing the Evictor and he was like, wow, congrats, that thing's really hard. And I was like, oh my God, Alex Honnold just commented on my Facebook post. Like, <laughs> I'm so cool. Like, he never comments on anything. And um, I was like feeling really proud of myself. And then maybe like a week later, Alex texts me and he goes, oh, you did the Evictor? I thought you did this route called Beethoven's Fifth in Boulder Canyon, which is way harder. <laughs> How the- <laughs> so it's like a basic, how the hell like, did he confuse those two I things know. and he's it's like a basically like exactly an congratulations <laughs> so i was like thank you so much for messaging me <laughs> so i like, thought about it all week yeah all should, week. I, should i should i message her and tell her that oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not impressed anymore <laughs> 
so um, I don't want her going around thinking I'm <laughs> impressed with her when I'm not. I know. I was like, gee, thanks. <laughs> um, but, but again, how could he mix those two up? I don't know. But then I was like, wow, like Beethoven's fifth. Sounds cool. Oh, so, ah, la, la, ooh, la, la. <laughs> so I went out and I did Beethoven's fifth. Sick. And um, I was the first female to climb it, actually. What's that all cool. about? What's the route about? Yeah, yeah. It's this 12D up at Bell Buttress in um, Boulder Canyon, but it's like got this like really big run out at the top where the uh-huh. crux is. And it's like kind of easier climbing until the crux. And then like you play some gear and you're like, ah, like it's pretty run out. Massive fall potential. Mm-hmm. Took that fall. It was great. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But like. Uh, so you're not just like getting these things, you know, dick down to where you're never going to fall off of them. You're like. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. like. To, I mean, unless it was like something that I couldn't fall. Right. Yeah. Where you'd hit the ground kind of thing. But like. Uh, you're not afraid of some And that time. fall, like, like everyone knows that fall. It's like pretty big. Um, right. But uh, yeah, like I, I think I like spent like um, a few days working on it and took that fall. And then I think the next day out I sent. So right. it was cool. And I, I totally posted about that one on Facebook, too. And I tagged Alex in it. I was like, thanks, Alex, for the recommendation. <laughs> did, did you hear anything? <laughs> he commented and he was like, haha, congrats. That thing's like really cool. <laughs> I don't know. He said something like, like, lame, but it was like, at least he acknowledged. Sweet. <laughs> You're trolling Alex Honnold. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> it was really funny. This is like 2015. I um, do it all the time and he never responds. So. <laughs> And I was like, I just got to tag him in this. Nice. But he knows. Nice. Now I've done it. I'm well, worthy. <laughs> you, have his, you have his phone number. You should have just texted him. Yeah. I can't remember if I did. I don't think I did. Because what you really should do is say I it I was on more passive aggressive than that. So. Right on. <laughs> that's actually, that's legit. <laughs> Trolling should be more passive aggressive. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it sounds really good. I mean, looking at the future now, p- part of the change that I saw after we met was that was that like oh here's this this woman who's pr- pursuing climbing as a professional career the coaching fits in there um mm-hmm. but also the sponsorships and things like that what do you sort of bring to the table do you think in, in terms of uh in terms of what you do for your sponsors mm. I, I do mean, a your, lot your, of your instagram takeovers mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck <laughs> Don't bag on me. What the heck? Um, now that was a reference to before we started. She was she was concerned about her the requirements that she does an Instagram takeover of which. What did you take? What are you taking over? Um, I'm taking over the Edelrid, okay. the Team Edelrid um, Instagram account. But it'll I, come out in the future. So you'll have to go yeah, back to. to I this haven't started yet. I'm yeah, about to start after this. Yeah, today is is June 16th, so you'll have to go back to that week and see what happened. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, so I do a lot of events for sponsors too. Mm-hmm. I've written some articles as well for magazines, mm-hmm. teaching clinics. Uh, I just recently did a, did one of my first longer speeches, which was like an hour long speech at the Mountaineers mm-hmm. in Seattle. You don't have anxiety. Yeah, what are I we talking? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just like uh, you know, in, in terms of like the the spectrum of things that make people anxious, like talking in front of people. I actually for an really hour. like talking. Maybe oh, really? I think that I guess I must just like things that really challenge like public me. Public speaking, like yeah, like because okay. I get nervous for right, sure. Right. But like, uh, um, but then after I feel so like fulfilled, you right, know. Right. So okay. I guess I just must like things. Sorry, that, like, I'm just challenge that a hard time because it's like. Um, yeah, it makes it really real in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and that was the first speech that I was really open to about my anxiety and like how tough it is for me. And it was such a positive response too. And it was really cool to see like I had like like a 16-year-old girl come up to me after and just be like, I came to see you because I have anxiety as well and I just wanted to talk to you about it. And it was really awesome. Cool. It's like so rewarding. Yeah. I, um, I think that like in long-term goals for something that I could do for climbing – I would love to do something with mental health awareness and okay. climbing and like having like a space for people to talk. I think that would be like one of my big goals. Yeah. That's not like a climb, you know, to do. Right on. So, so uh, uh, what what are we, what are your outlets right now if people want to follow what you're up to? Um, so I have Instagram. It's It used to be Climber Chica. Right. But now my handle is Molly.Mitchell. Just changed it recently. Um, and then I have Facebook too. Um, I think my Facebook page is still Climber Chica. It's like facebook.com slash Climber Chica. And then I do write articles and stuff. I have an article coming out for the Mountaineers as well in their quarterly magazine. Okay. Um, because the, the response from the speech was so positive. They wanted me to write an article about my anxiety and growth as a climber. So that's going to come out soon. 
yeah cool <laughs> awesome well thanks uh, thanks a lot for sitting down yeah and, thanks for uh, having me it's awesome to be here yeah and I'm, I'm really glad that we reconnected because because uh, once again I, I definitely remember that night as, as being super fun and and you were a big part of that just thanks. hanging out and, that and means chatting. so much to me yeah we had a good time so. that means a lot I think uh, it's um, to me it's a huge honor to hear that so thanks All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to Molly for sitting down. Really enjoyed talking with her and reconnecting after a couple years. And it's also cool to hear from a different breed of trad climber, not some crusty dude with a thousand-yard stare, but uh, somebody coming out of the gyms but getting stoked on trad climbing is a little bit rare out there. And just layering on some sport climbing for power, she's going to be unstoppable. And I've told that to anybody who would listen for the last decade or more that uh, if you really want to push your track climbing beyond that plateau that you sort of hit naturally then you got to turn to sport climbing even if you're a die-in-the-wool tratty or bouldering for that matter those things are going to put power on top of all that gear placing knowledge that you have and uh, get you through some of those steep cruxes that you run into on harder track climbs and besides you can go out and sport climb and take really big whippers which can get you ready to climb above gear on track climbs Anyway, that's just my two cents and Molly's as well, I think. Also, pretty immediately after the interview, I remembered that at least Stephanie Baudet had climbed El Gigante with the French team, including her husband Arnaud Petit, and likely some other women have done it, frankly. So, still would be a fun objective for the likes of Molly and anybody else who wants a pretty big, cool adventure relatively close to the lower 48, just down there in the lower part of Chihuahua. So check it out. Yes, we're about to start September. So even though it's going to be hotter than it used to be, get out there, try hard, do your best. And of course, check your knots. He didn't fall? Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means.